This is the Patient Revenue Podcast, presented by ClearWave. Welcome back to another episode of the Patient Revenue Podcast, presented by ClearWave. I'm your host, Matt Harrell. Today, I'm joined by our very own Eric Anderson here at ClearWave, for a discussion with Carrie Barber, CEO of the Ortho Maryland Division of the Center for Advanced Orthopedics. They're going to be talking about something rather unique for orthopedic practices, which is enabling a walk-in model for their patients. It's really impressive what Carrie and her team have done, and I'm excited for you to hear how they've leveraged patient self-service technology to better meet their patients' needs and also drive additional revenue. So with that, let's jump into today's discussion. Eric, take it away. And uh, before we get started, I really wanna thank you, Carrie, for being with us today, for taking time out to talk about how you have developed your, your walk-in clinic. Uh, I've, I've worked closely with Carrie uh, over I, not quite a year, uh, as as we've we've uh, been been working together, and she's just got such an amazing breadth of experience, and I'm so happy to have the opportunity to chat with Carrie today. And Carrie, before we get into the the subject matter at hand, can you share a little bit with us about your practice and how long you've been with your practice? You bet, and thank you for the nice welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So I've actually been with Ortho Maryland a little over 15 years, and I've been here twice um, because Ortho Maryland is like home for me. <laughs> I came to join them um, in the early um, 2008 and spent six years working with them, really kind of growing the practice from a small practice feel to more of a larger corporate type feel and was with them about six years and had an opportunity to grow myself and my career and left and was gone about six years and then um, came back about four years ago when the opportunity presented itself to be back with them. And it was a no brainer because it's it's family for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I actually didn't know that. So uh, that's very cool. Can can you share a little bit with me about the competitive environment in which uh, your your practice uh, exists? Absolutely. So we are on the north side of Baltimore, just outside the Beltway, and we are surrounded by big hospitals. So very saturated hospital area. And it's made um, a challenge for us as the years go by in really being able to stay solid in the marketplace as a private practice. So 15 years ago, it was kind of no brainer. All the orthopedics were private practices and um, we were just part of that market, although we have been around for almost 100 years. So we have wow. a really solid base, um, well known in the marketplace, but um, as it's changed, the environment's changed, and hospitals have started to acquire orthopedics um, under their own roof and require, acquire some of our referring physicians. It's definitely changed the marketplace. It's changed and made a greater challenge to being the choice for those providers to send their patients to. So we now make it a point to be the choice that the patient chooses, and that's really what's changed for us. 
You know, um, I, I actually was born and raised right here, <laughs> west of, of Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, uh, unlike your practice, I've only been around for 52 years. But but since I grew up here and and return there frequently, I live in Atlanta now. The the area around Baltimore, Washington D.C. is a is a lifelong resident of that area has so exploded and exploded, and yeah. It, I mean the it, it's just the the growth in in population and and you mentioned the the hospitals you know acquiring physician practices uh, with being a practice that's been around for a hundred years. Um, can you give any more details and sort of, you know, maybe just the last five years? What, what? Well, COVID kind of skews everything, right? But, but what, you know, what, what do you, what do you, what have you seen in the last five or ten years in this market that's been kind of a key factor, you would say, in terms of change? So I think um, we actually started seeing about fifteen years ago that patients were actually driving where they wanted to go. So it was really important to us to be a part of that choice because the choice for the referring physicians became smaller when they were purchased oh, and owned by a hospital. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, it's harder to maintain relationships that can continue to support us. You know, referring physicians are happy when our patients come to our door, but they can't necessarily refer to us directly when they are um, part of a hospital system. Which, which kind of touches on the, what we're here to talk about today, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> being being the uh, the choice for patients. So, um, so Carrie, as it stands today, you've got a fully functioning walk-in clinic. But I would like us to step back a few years and talk about what was the primary driver that caused you to begin this journey to where you are today. I think the primary driver was really um, making it uh, a patient's choice to come to us and make it accessible. So to ensure that patients had the opportunity to get to us in a timely manner. You know, the old philosophy was for specialty physicians, a patient to wait two to three weeks to see their provider um, was not unheard of. But for me, it just wasn't um, a place we wanted to be if somebody was injured to wait two or three weeks to see their provider. So we started having conversations which weren't easily um, embraced at first because the philosophy of want versus need. Did the patient need to see us or did the patient want to see us? And this um, marketplace of urgent cares and patients being able to come when it was more convenient for them as opposed to taking off from work or taking their children out of school, that it really kind of opened the door for conversations. And so starting with same-day appointments, which was not a walk-in model, but really having patients call in the morning saying they needed to be seen. We had a commitment within our practice that all providers had to have two same-day appointments, and oh, they filled. Interesting. Yeah, so they filled pretty quickly, um, but it was a, a, a slow process to change the mindset of the providers and the staff because, you know, often they would say, well, Mrs. Smith didn't need to come in today. She could have waited. Right. But it really was this whole beginning of a model of patient choice and when it was convenient for them. Yeah. So um, we went from same day appointments and continuing to talk about them and then quickly seeing our practice growing because mm -hmm. we were offering this kind of service that patients could get appointments in the same day to having conversations about walk in model. So, Started so slow. I'll, yeah, I want to underline 
or just revisit for a second. You you sort of got in a room with the physicians and you said, look, we're, we're going to begin this new process. And, and each of you is going to have two appointments that are reserved for same day, which means that might be blank time. Maybe maybe they don't get taken, and we're but we're gonna we're gonna invest in those two appointment gaps in your schedule to fill this model. What was that conversation like? So um, that was a little bit easier to to take on because it was a commitment that every provider had to take and give us two additional slots. So they ah. were really okay if they didn't get filled. Um, I think it was the next meeting when they were all filled that people were starting to feel the squeeze of I've now added two extra patients every day for the last month. Um, but the numbers proved that the numbers were going up. And um, so that that made people happy, too. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And and so you started by just saying, hey, we're going to add two slots for walk ins in your schedule. Um, you started to see some success from that. What was the next step in this journey? The next step in the journey was really to open up a walk-in time frame. So it wasn't call and schedule that same-day appointment. It was really just open the doors for a set period of time where nobody would have a commitment to scheduled patients and everybody would take their turn and patients could walk in. And so we started with um, about a six day lag to make sure that we got the staffing together and do some marketing. We got out there in the marketplace and we started talking to schools and coaches and um, our referring physicians, anybody that we could think of that would be um, interested in having a patient just walk into our office. And we started on a Monday. We had a couple of patients. By Tuesday, we had twice that. By Thursday, it had exploded and the word had gotten out. So it went that, really that quickly. quickly. It went really quickly. Wow. And how many hours? What were the hours of this clinic when you started? So we started with the hours from 4.30 to 7.30, which was right after our patient hours ended, going to oh, 7.30 in the evening. And it was four days a week, Monday through Thursday, because nobody wanted to stay late on Fridays. Right. Yep, yep, that makes sense. And, um, you know, what I, I guess it just to me, as I think about a, a clinic that's, that's you know, 100% appointment driven to now you've got a block of time where there are no appointments scheduled. Was that true? Correct. Would you have no appointment scheduled from 430 to 7:30? We did not have any. Yeah. So over, yeah. Over the years we've we've adjusted that, but um, you know, sometimes extra providers would jump in to see a few more patients, especially after vacation. But for the most part, it is all open door and we have a walk-in provider there available. So were there times when um I mean it sounds like it took off pretty quickly, but were there times mm -hmm. when there were crickets chirping in the waiting room and, and the staff is kind of looking around, wondering, <laughs> you know, was there any it of that? Has, yeah, it has its ebbs and flows. Um, we, you know, tracked it on a regular basis. I think there was one day about three months in where nobody showed up and everybody questioned whether this was ever going to work. Was this the end? Nobody yeah. was ever going to come back in again. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it by nature of walk-ins, it does have an ebb and flow and it does have a, some days are better than others. Um, as the years have ticked by, we see that there, there is that same thing over the course of the year, just like there is in the office. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I just share a personal story. You talked about the urgent cares, and about six weeks ago, my daughter injured her ankle. And so I 
took her to an urgent care clinic. They did an x-ray and, and said, you know, we really think she needs to see an orthopedic physician. So, but, but we need to give you a brace. So, so I paid for the brace, which was covered by insurance. And then I paid $50 of a copay only to have to make, then make an appointment with an right. orthopedic surgeon mm -hmm. who then said, well, she really needs a higher brace than the one you were given. And of course, now that I'd already purchased a brace under my insurance, you know, the, the second brace, the one I really needed wasn't covered. And as we were leading up to this webinar, I was thinking about what you're doing and my experience. And I can tell you, as a father, it would have been much better to see the orthopedic in, in a yeah. walk-in clinic and get the right brace and the right care. And by the way, would have saved me money. Yep. That's, um, yeah, we, we hear that story a lot. We do hear yeah. that story a lot. Yes. So you, you talked a little bit about, and by the way, so as it stands today, what are your walk-in clinic hours like right now? So our walk-ins continue to grow. So we um, now have two locations that have walk-ins from 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. Um, our main location we started walk-ins in still have 4.30 to 7.30, Monday through Thursday night. We added Saturdays from um, 9 to 12. And we have a date in mind coming up really quickly where we are going to be expanding Friday nights, um, longer Saturdays, adding Sundays, and wow. then another location going and adding nights. So it has just been a continual growth. Wow. I mean, that that's a huge staffing commitment. It is a big staffing commitment. Yes. Yes. And um, do you do you typically are there windows where you just have PAs or do you always have a, a physician? So our model when we started for actually probably close to 12 years was it was staffed by our physicians, started with physicians only, then went to a physician PA team. Um, and now we are at orthopedic trained um, PAs that run the model and an orthopedist who is always on call for that. So whether they're in the office or they're not in the office, um, it is a simple phone call that they will um, and are committed to showing up to being able to care nice. for our patients. Yes. Nice. So an on-call model as needed. It is. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about this earlier. Uh, and when you and I have talked previously, I, I just found this uh, fascinating. So I wanted to drill into it a, a little bit because I I love what you did. And and because, you know, you, you didn't just, you know, change your hours and, and maybe put something on your website, right? When you When you decided to go down this path, you really engaged the local community. And again, you talked a little bit about it, but I, can I hear more about how yeah. you decided to best engage the community, who led that charge, who actually went out there and talked to people. Can you give us more details on that? Yeah, when we decided to do this, we were all committed. So we do have um, a director that's, that does marketing for us. She is out there boots on the ground, getting into our primary care offices, getting into our referring physicians, letting them know. We had some great brochures available to let them know about the walk-ins so or they could just hand them to patients, had the address, had the hours. Um, now she actually complains because we increase the hours and we recruit the locations and she's constantly having to redo her marketing materials. Um, I was out there. I went out and, and met with coaches at tons and tons of high schools and middle schools. We bought little bags. We gave them medical supplies to take out on the field that had our name on them. So when they're out there with games, our name is out there. We um, 
We talked to churches. We talked to um, urgent cares because of that wow. same thing. You know, um, if you have an orthopedic case that's not going to be satisfied with you and you're recommending an orthopedist, our doors are open. Send them on over. Um, wow. So um, the word got out there. It was the hotels in the area for people that were traveling and had a problem that they could walk in. It was the gyms. Um, we had flyers in, in gyms and, and exercise facilities. So um, we went all out across the board. Of course, our website, you know, of course, um, the advertising, newspaper, magazine, radio, all part of our marketing budgets. So, you know, it it's to me what I think is so important about this is you didn't have a if we build it, they will come approach. You you actually seeded the ground right yeah. before you started. So so you sort of had a grand opening approach where, hey, we're going to let everybody know we're doing it and then we're going to do it. And I think that, you know, from my view, it was that work that caused you to go from a couple of patients on day one to being really busy on day three. I mean, I mean, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, how, how big a factor do you believe this was in the success of your walk-in clinic? It was a huge factor. And, you know, we had these conversations before. How soon do we start? Because what happens if we go out and tell somebody and then they send a patient over and we're not open yet? Right. Um, so it's funny. We actually ended up deciding that we would, because our brochures said we were open Monday through Thursday, Thursday we went out on the Friday before and hit as many of these places as we could. And then every day the next week when we were open, we were getting in with the schools, with the coaches, with the referring physicians. And by that time we were open. So if a patient walked in by chance, we were there to help them. So nice. um, yeah, it got out there loud and clear really quick. Very good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, the difference obviously between walk-in uh, versus, versus scheduled appointments. And what would you say to to a, a, a provider out there who's looking at starting a, a walk-in clinic? What are the key sort of workflow or registration uh, considerations that that are important to make this a success? So the hardest part is when somebody walks into your practice is that you haven't done any of the background work. You haven't engaged them on a phone conversation. You haven't gotten their name, address, telephone number, insurance information, tell you that we're participating or not. And so it all is now happening in your lobby, right? So the key is to ensure that you're prepared to handle that work. It's not the, Mrs. Jones, we have you scheduled. I see that. Thank you very much. Have a seat. We'll be with you shortly. It is everything from beginning to end. Um, so the first thing was training the staff on how to handle it if a patient walks in with an insurance that we don't participate with. Mm -hmm. And it was really to ensure that they were confident with that information so that they could answer that question right then and there. Once that's been kind of clarified, it's how do we make this workflow go quickly? And how do we get it so that we can do it with the minimal staff possible without having to completely um, have every seat filled. So we cross-train. We have um, front desk staff and MA staff. MA staff can come up and, and help get patients through the process if they don't have a patient in the back. We have x-ray staff that can room a patient if the MAs are helping in the front. We have durable medical equipment techs that can also help with rooming patients. So 
cross coverage and, and cross um, training is really, really important, but it's also been for us a key to have patients do as much of the registration process themselves as possible. So using a kiosk, using tablets, getting them to type all that, that information in, eliminating the staff from having to sit and type it in themselves. That's mm -hmm. been really successful for not having that that line when patients walk up to our office and there's a line of people that are waiting to be registered that they can actually be seated and working on that process themselves. Yeah, you know, to me, another, and I don't know if calling it an intangible is, is the right way to phrase it, but the fact that your team is cross-trained and the expectation is we're a part of a team, right? And, and your primary job might be a DME tech However, if, if we need you to, to fill a gap, this is what we need you to do, and this is when it's appropriate to do it, and this is how you do it. I think that that sort of flexibility in your staffing, um, well, let me just ask about the same thing I asked about the community outreach. How important would you say that piece is to your overall success? Um, more important than we thought it would be because <laughs> it's just been... <laughs> really, you know, we kind of knew that this was going to be part of it, right? How do you make, you know, as many people as possible to expand to make it look like there's more of you there? Um, but it, it actually ended up being even more important than we thought. So it's really critical. They crossed a lot in the beginning while we were still learning how many patients were going to be coming in. Um, now we have years of data, right? So we know that Mondays are really busy. So we have two PAs and we have, you know, three MAs and we have a DME. But on Tuesdays, they're not normally that busy mm -hmm. unless we were you know, closed for a holiday on Monday, and then we really beef up on Tuesdays, but it has a natural ebb and flow. And so we we do our best to staff accordingly. And then when we don't guess right, everybody bucks up. And yeah. when we have extra staff and nobody came to see us today because it was raining cats and dogs and they're going to wait till tomorrow, yeah. then that's okay. We take that as an easy day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the, one of the, uh, I think challenges with with a walk-in clinic on top of your scheduled patients is how do you handle it when you have those days when you're just so I mean you're so backed up I mean how how do you how do you uh, set patient expectations you know on those days when just you're just behind Interestingly enough, during the day when we have scheduled patients and walk-ins, it's typically the scheduled patients that get upset. They're waiting for the provider that they have an appointment and have an expectation that their appointment's going to be on time all the time. Right, right. Um, and so it's tough when a doctor is running behind and a walk-in comes in and has been registered and goes straight to the back because the, right. the PA is ready for them and, oh. and we can get them in. And so patients, you know, sometimes have a hard time with that. Um, so yeah. communication is really the key. Yeah. Your front desk needs to own the fact that they own every patient in that lobby and that they need to communicate with them the minute they start to see that somebody is upset about that weight, that they're communicating. Let me see how much longer it's going to be. Just want you to know that you are scheduled with your physician and we are going to give you the right amount of time with your provider. The other the other patient was in for another purpose, another reason, another provider. Um, same conversations we have when there are multiple providers in a location. Um, 
but it was interesting to us. We actually thought it would be the the walk-in patients that would be upset with the wait, but it's really more the scheduled patients. That is interesting. I I, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a bit like if you're at a restaurant waiting for a table and someone walks in and immediately sits down. Yeah. I had a reservation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that that makes sense. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about. Um, now, you you mentioned growth, and you've touched on this, but maybe maybe let me ask this. Let me ask it this way: When you started this, did you have an idea of what your definition of success was? Did you have something in your head that said, "Hey"? If I look back three months from now, these are the things I'd like to see to tell me this was a good idea. Back when you started, did you have anything in mind in specifically? Break even. If we okay. didn't, if it didn't cost us money to do this and we could break even, we were going to be happy with that. And um, then pretty quickly, you know, and we thought that was a big ask because you have a lot of people in the office. You know, you have your front desk, you have your MAs, you have your provider, you have your x-ray tech, you have your DME, you have all of that um, to cover. And so break even, we, we figured if we could give patient choices and, and break even, it would be a good thing. And then we quickly realized that um, it was it was a really good thing for our practice. And at first we we tried to stratify exactly how big of an impact, right? Now, how many extra PT appointments are we getting? How many extra surgeries are we getting? And you know, for some of this, we just finally said, yeah, we could track down each patient manually to find out the impact. Um, but sometimes it's not, you know, on day two or day three. Sometimes it's they try a course of treatment, come back in two weeks. They try another course of treatment, come back in two more weeks. Uh, we got to have surgery. So there's a longer process. And we finally just said, we know it's making an impact on our practice. And we can't really tell you how big the impact is, how many extra surgeries, how many extra PT. But we know it, it's having an impact both in our practice, for our providers, for our owners, and for the patients. Um and in our marketplace, you know, we've been doing it long enough now that that's what we're known for. And that's a good thing to be known for. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that um, about your goal was just break even. And what the reason I think that that is a really great way to look at it for any practice considering this is to me, when when I was listening to you give that answer, I was thinking, well, that makes sense because, you know, the downstream effects are going to be positive because maybe I came to you for an urgent care appointment. You took care of me and maybe I didn't need surgery. Maybe you said, hey, you know what? It's just a sprain. Put ice on it. You're going to be fine. But then in my network and in my head, if I'm with somebody who needs help, I'm going to remember that you were there. Right. I'm going to say, well, you should go see this this clinic. They, they really helped me. And so if you can break even, yeah. I think it's safe to say the downstream impacts are going to be great. You know, you just got to fund, you got to fund that investment. Yep. And it was our early investment in that kind of thought process that's made it possible for us to survive in this really difficult market of, you know, big hospitals, small practices. So, yeah, we've um, we invested early and we invested wisely and it has really done wonders for our practice. So when did you start this? What year was it? I believe it was 2010 that we added same-day appointments, and the end of 2011 or early 2012, we started walk-ins. Okay, okay. And and 
even today in 2022, you're now looking to even expand to seven days a week. We are. Yes, which, we will be seven days is, a week in three locations. So full-fledged full uh, urgent care, right? To, yeah, yeah. So you know, based on everything that we've we've talked about, uh, I, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, which is, what has the the patient response been? And and you know, are there any particular uh, anecdotes that stand out in terms of how the the patients in the community over the last decade that you've been doing this? how they they've responded to to this walk-in clinic. It's it's been huge. The word of mouth, the grassroots growing has been really big. You know, we are known as the place to go when you need help and that's a great thing to do. Um you know, it probably in the beginning it was we'll take it when they're open and my other doctor isn't, but it quickly became the place to come and that's important. So, you know, my philosophy with the practice is our open doors win them. Once they get here, we wow them. That's really what we want to do. We want to make sure that they have a great experience inside our doors, but it's the open doors that got them to walk in, and we're good with that. Yeah. The open doors win them, and then we wow them. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, let, me, let me ask this. So based on your over a decade of experience, what what do you think are the I don't know top two or three things that that an organization either has to have or has to get in order to make a walk-in clinic a success? Open-minded for providers to know that it's a commitment. Stick with it; it will pay off. This is a marketplace of patient choice, mm -hmm. and so we want to give them something to choose. Um, taking the time to cross-train your staff, talk about being a team and how important this model is, and then um, just keep the communication open with, with what's going on and what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be doing it. Communications out there for our practice about our um, further expansion. And um, so, yeah, there's lots of questions. People want to know, how does it impact me, right? The employees want to know, how is that going to impact me? Yeah. Stay open-minded, you know. I've started talking to staff about, you know, what if you didn't have to work five days a week? What if you could work three twelves and have four days off and still be a full-time employee? So yeah. lots of lots of communication going on right now about this this new model, but um, it is well worth it because if patients choose you, that's a that's a good place. Yeah. That's a good place to be. Yeah. So if there was one lesson, right, that you've learned from this experience. Uh, that 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 you would you would want you know someone who's thinking about doing this to keep in mind. What would the biggest lesson learned be that that you have had? Patients are going to choose. You got to think about how they're going to choose, whether it's location, time, services, um, whatever it is. Patients have the right to choose what they're going to be doing now. Very different model than what it was 20 years ago. And so, think like a patient. And mm. what do you want when you're a patient, when you are looking to go somewhere? Um, that's yeah. that's what we all want to be moving towards. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it truly is. The, the market has changed so much. And, and I think in some cases, the pandemic accelerated those changes in terms of, you know, patient choice and patient access is definitely a new a new paradigm. And uh, I, I think that that's great. And, and you know, what you made a decision that yes, there's a cost 
to giving patients greater choice. There's a cost in staff. There's a cost in a commitment and investment that we are going to have to make. It's not free and you chose to make it. That's great. Great, thanks for that, Eric and Carrie. Fantastic discussion. I hope everyone listening enjoyed it as well. That's a wrap for today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts so you're always up to date on our latest content. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.